Hebrews 9, verse 27 and 28. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Thanks very much, Rich. Good morning to you all. Um, uh, please uh, keep um, Hebrews 9 open if you have, have it uh, in front of you. It would be useful to have uh, page 1006. Uh, we'll um, look at a couple of other uh, uh, parts of Hebrews chapter 9 as well as the two verses that Rich uh, read to us. Um, so we have been thinking, haven't we, at Christmas about... Uh, these four things so far. Jesus is truly with us. He is God, truly with us. He is truly human. He's truly king. He's truly glorious. Um, and it's been great to see those things, to, to look back at that wonderful gift to us uh, of uh, Jesus, uh, God's only son, uh, come to save us. Uh, of course, Jesus only lived on this earth for 33 years or so. And then he died, and he rose from the dead, and then he went into heaven. Um, I know we know that, but that's, that's just helpful to, to remind us of, isn't it? Um, uh, Acts chapter 1 tells us of uh, the, the last few moments of Jesus' uh, earthly life walking this earth. Um, uh, and we read there, don't we, that... Uh, Jesus, after he'd risen from the dead, was uh, with his disciples, and he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So Jesus is truly with us, he's truly human, he's truly king, he's truly glorious, and he's truly returning. He's coming back again. And it's that that we're focusing on today in this last of our Christmas series. If, if you like, we've been looking a little bit more in our, in our rear view mirror, looking back to the events of Christmas and what they, they mean. Um, but it's forwards that we're heading, and we're, we're casting our gaze now forwards into what lies in front of us. And so we're focusing on these two verses from the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 27 and 28, which I'll, I'll read again to you because they're, they're short. Uh, I'm thinking about this idea that Jesus is coming back. Just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And we're just going to see two very simple things, things that young people down here on the floor will be able to remember, old people like me and the rest of you will be able to remember as well. Two simple but important things. Firstly, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. It is the great certainty of the rest of human history. Uh, the verse uh, there, uh, verse 28, says that he will appear a second time. The word appear there is a really emphatic one. It's like the word behold in the Bible. You know, whenever you read the word behold, 
it, it's meant to make us just uh, take note and say, this is, this is important, this is obvious, this is something that everyone is going to know about. Behold, Jesus will appear, something that all people will see. This is a reality for every single human being. Notice how the writer in these verses uh, draws a comparison between death and the second coming of Jesus. Just as, as one day all of our eyes will close for the last time in death, we will see no more. The lights will go out in our lives, as it were, on this earth. And there will be a final judgment that follows that moment. And, and what an important truth that is to reckon with. So as certain as our, our eyes closing in death, there is another certain truth as well. On another appointed date, one day all of our eyes will open and see Jesus, behold him. It's as certain as death itself. Jesus is coming back. And when I was planning this series back in October, I think it probably was, I wanted us to finish this Christmas time with this in our minds. At a time of year when our, when our heads are so full, full of, of memories of the year gone, full of uh, hopes or concerns about the year ahead, I wanted us to fill our heads most of all with this most important of truths, that Jesus is coming back. At a time of year when our diaries are full and when we're planning next year's diary, I wanted us to remember that in all of our diaries, there is a date not written in there by us, but written in there by God himself. We don't know when it is, but it is there. And it's the date that Jesus is coming back. I don't know what you've got uh, mentally or physically circled in your diaries for the year ahead. Perhaps uh, you've got an exam date. Perhaps you've got uh, the start of university. Perhaps uh, there's some football fixtures uh, circled in your diary. Perhaps it's a holiday that you can't wait for already. Well, every time you look at your diary, your mind looks forward to planning your year. Remember, there is another appointed date for Jesus to come back. And all those other dates in the diary will dissolve away into to nothingness, into meaninglessness pale in comparison to this date of all dates. Jesus is coming back. He's come, we've remembered that, and he's coming back. That's one simple truth to remember, isn't it? We can all remember that. Jesus is coming back. But I'd like to spend a little bit more time on our second point, because there is a wonderful surprise in these verses from Hebrews, I think. I, I think it's a surprise, at least, um, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be... Uh, helped by it as well. What, what, what's the surprise in these verses? Well, as I talked about the return of Jesus, all this talk of death, of final judgment, we might think that the tone of these words would end up being really somber, really serious, maybe uncomfortable. And of course, there's a sense in which that's right. Certainly for anyone who isn't ready for Jesus to come back, that should be an uncomfortable truth. He is coming back in judgment, and many Bible passages make that very clear. We must be ready for that. But this passage has a different tone. Did you notice why Jesus is coming back? At the end of verse 28 there, it's to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And that's our second heading, 
Jesus is coming back. That is a picture of Rosa eagerly waiting for something. Uh, that was uh, this morning. I asked a few family members to help me out with some photos of eager waiting. Uh, and there's only one other family member who, who was happy to be photographed, and it was the cat. Um, that's Daphne, isn't it, folks? Yeah? And she isn't eagerly waiting for anything apart from her next bowl of food. But Rosa is eagerly waiting for Christmas there. Um, and it's that sense of eager waiting that Jesus wants us to feel, that the writer of the Hebrews wants us to feel. Now, I was going to ask some other kids to help me out here, and I kind of forgot to do it. Do you still want to come and help me? With, yeah, come, come on, come on. Anyone who wants to help me, Molly, Ted, Renee, Marielle, you're leaping to your feet. Anyone else who wants to come? I want to, I want to see some good acting. I want to see some faces of what it's like to, to, to feel like I just can't wait for something. Maybe it's Christmas. Maybe you're imagining opening your Christmas presents. Or maybe it's something else that you just can't wait for. Okay, are you, are you ready? Should we do a three, two, one, go? Okay, ready, ready to show us your I just can't wait face? Yeah, three. Oh, uh, what's your name? Florence, you're coming in as well. <laughs> it's confusing, isn't it? Um, right, three, two, one. I just can't wait. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Thank you very much. We just can't wait for Jesus to come back. So you can sit down again. Thank you for helping us. So many of us adults look a bit more like that, don't we? Um, but kids are a great lesson for us in eager waiting for things. And it's that sense of eager waiting which we want to, to kind of cultivate uh, this morning. Jesus is coming back. And the reason we're eagerly waiting for him is because he's coming back with good things for us to save us. I guess there is a challenge there for us, isn't there, before we move on? Because it does seem from this verse that if you cannot say that you are eagerly waiting for Jesus to return, then it might be that you're not one of the people that he's going to save. It seems that that is so at the heart of what it means to be a Christian, to be saved, is eagerly waiting for him. So there might be a challenge for us there if we don't find ourselves genuinely, eagerly waiting for Jesus? That's an important question to ask. Uh, but what is it that makes us eagerly wait for Jesus to return? Why would that be something we want to happen so much? Well, in Hebrews chapter 9, the writer explains to us that it's all to do with what Jesus did before he went away. Here in, in, in this chapter, we're landing in a section where the writer has been showing how Jesus is a great high priest. He's using loads of Old Testament imagery and ideas to show us what Jesus has done and what he's achieved. Um, let's pick out just a, a couple of the verses which show us that. So uh, still in chapter 9 of Hebrews, page 1006, verse 11 there. It talks about how Jesus is, is a great high priest. When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all, into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Uh, we could look at uh, verse 24, which describes uh, what Jesus has done. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Or as verse 26 puts it, the second half of 26 there, 
Jesus has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. To sum up what Jesus has done, we could say he has dealt with sin. That's how verse 28 puts it, isn't it? He will appear a second time, not to deal with sin like he did the first time. Jesus has dealt with sin. So Jesus came at Christmas to be with us, to be our king, to be our high priest as well. We can add that to the list. Maybe that'll be next year's sermon series. He came to be our high priest and to deal with sin. The thing which separates us from God, which meant that God has like a massive no entry sign up around his house, as it were. There are danger signs around God's presence, as it were, saying, keep clear, you don't belong here, you're not allowed in here because you're sinful and I'm holy. Sin. Sin isn't just a problem because it makes us feel bad about ourselves. It's not just a problem because it means we mess up our lives and feel ashamed and frustrated. Well, those are all problems, aren't they? But sin is a problem because it means we deserve wrath and judgment and punishment forever. That's the reality of sin, and yet sin is dealt with. So in the Old Testament, particularly the Day of Atonement, which Hebrews 9 is really all about, the high priest would take the blood of bulls and goats and offer that bloody sacrifice up to God as he entered the most holy place. And Jesus, in his death on the cross, was like a high priest presenting an offering to God, the offering being himself. The cute Christmas baby grew into a man who would give himself up in bloody sacrifice, blood, life, all of him. The Old Testament high priest had to do that over and over and over again, but Jesus did it once and for all. And now he is in heaven, in God's holy presence, in the most holy place, and it is all done. Wrath and punishment and judgment are no more for the ones that he represents. Sin is dealt with. It is paid for in full. As verse 26 put it, sin is, is put away. It's not put away like you're going to put away your Christmas decorations soon because you're going to drag them out again next year, aren't you? It is put away once and for all. So as you look back at 2023, as I look back at 2023, my many sins of 2023 are dealt with. I don't know what comes to your mind when you reflect on it and, and reflect on, on the mess that you've made in, in, in countless ways. But my sins of 2023 are dealt with. And every year before that as well. When I think about them, there is shame. There is guilt. And yet the shame and the guilt are gone. When I think of them, they, they weigh heavily on me. But Jesus bore them and took that weight away. Your sins are dealt with as you look back. As you look forwards, you will sin in 2024 in countless ways. 
Many of them will surprise you and shock you and profoundly sadden you. They will frustrate you. They will break your heart as, as you see their wickedness and, and you see their effect on you and, and the effect of your sins on the people around you. You don't know what your 2024 sins are going to be, but whatever they are, they are dealt with. The blood has been shed that secures their full forgiveness. It has already happened. And the proof of it is that Jesus is risen from the dead, now in heaven, in God's presence. Sin is atoned for. So Jesus is coming back. But he's not coming back to die for you again. There's no more blood to shed. There are no more uh, sins to, to be dealt with in a new way. They have been dealt with. There is no more wrath to take away. He is coming back to save you. The Bible talks about being saved already, doesn't it? But also about how we are saved, but we're also waiting for salvation. We've been looking at this in, in connect groups in First Peter. This is what Peter describes as the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Or the inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, being kept in heaven for us. Jesus is coming back to save us. Which means to bring to fruition all those glorious promises which his death and his resurrection have secured. And they're waiting for us. I don't need to tell you, do I, that you're not living your best life now. 2023 has not been the year that you would have wanted. 2024 will not be the year that you wanted either, unless it contains this day. The day when all the pain and frustration and tiredness and uncertainty will be gone. Jesus is coming back and he is coming back to save us. Can you feel the, the certainty of that waiting? Can you feel the eagerness of that waiting? Because there is nothing left that needs to be done. Just for Jesus to appear again, for our eyes to set our eyes upon him as he returns and brings all those blessings to us. The Old Testament believers on the Day of Atonement would be waiting outside the tent as the high priest went in to offer the sacrifices. And the high priest would come out of the tent and there would be a great celebration as they said, yes, he's, he's made it, he's done it. Sins are forgiven for another year. But we're waiting for the outcome of this much, much better sacrifice, aren't we? It is once for all, it's done, it's certain. Jesus will appear again out of that most holy place and everything will be right. Everything will be right. We are waiting for him and we can wait for him eagerly because him returning is the best thing that will ever happen to us because him returning is him returning to save us. I'm going to pray and say thank you for that good news, and then uh, we'll sing again. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that Jesus did. 
You gave him to us uh, at that first Christmas time uh, to be with us, to be our king, um, to reveal yourself to us, and to be this wonderful, great high priest whose once-for-all sacrifice means that our sins are fully paid, dealt with, put away, born by him and not by us. We thank you for the fullness of that, for the certainty of it. And we thank you that he is coming back to bring to us that imperishable, undefiled inheritance that we are eagerly waiting for us. Help us, Father, please, this year ahead to live uh, in the certain, sure knowledge that our sins are forgiven, they are dealt with, and to fix our eyes upon that day when Jesus comes back to save us. Help us to wait eagerly, we pray, and we do. In Jesus' name, amen.